0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast episode of Overpowering Emotions, where I talk all things big emotions, emotion regulation. Today, I'm going off the beaten path a little bit. I'm going more towards the adults who are listening, whether it's for your own self, your own parenting self, or if you're helping others just in your role in being a helper, whatever your role is, or if, if you're just needing to hear this message for your own life, um, it's really about how we can create a meaningful life, find the purpose in our own life, and overcome a lot of life's difficulties. It is a very um, powerful discussion. I wish that I could have spent hours with George, but my guest is George Gonzalez today. He's a published author And in his widely acclaimed book, Answer the Call, Life Lessons from Family Origins Through Invention and Struggle, which, by the way, in the show notes, he actually has access to the free version of this if you're interested in reading um, it. He shares his personal voyage of reinvention and provides practical insights on how you can do the same. In his journey, he confronted a disability that prevented him from continuing in his chosen field that he had already spent two decades honing his skills and mastering. And rather than succumbing to anger and despair, he drew inspiration from his family's legacy of embracing calculated risks and embarking on a new path. And that's all about what I talk about in emotion regulations is, is it's the risk takers advantage leaning into that discomfort. Uh, So I am honored and grateful to share my conversation with George with you today. I hope you find it helpful. So thank you George for joining me on the show today. I'm very excited to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here today.
0: Awesome. Well, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, first and foremost, I'm an author of a book called Answer the Call. Answer the Call is about finding your gifts, your talents and your life's purpose. And I was actually called to write that book during the pandemic in 2021, which is I was like, "Whoa, what do you mean?" <laughs> so that was a little um a nervous wreck nervous wrecking but uh we we pulled i pulled through it and we made it happen uh, i'm also an inventor of a batting machine called uh, the batting pro it's for baseball and softball i'm also a real estate agent and now i'm going to uh i'm a public speaker going to colleges universities to motivate and inspire the next generation to so they can follow their gifts and talents and pursue their life's purpose
0: awesome lots of lots of things lots of innovations and i think that's great that you've got so many things well That's interesting. When you said, you know, you've got the call, I don't know if we could, I know we've got lots that we could talk about, but I'm just interested in hearing about maybe that journey and how we might know what our life's purpose is.
1: I've always believed that I was special ever since I was a very young man. And I always believed that there was something that I was supposed to do. And I knew that God wanted me to do something for him. I just didn't know what that was. Uh, and but I knew that along the way things would uncover themselves, and at uh, it was a painful journey, not an easy journey. But uh, when I got this overwhelming feeling in 2021 to write the book, I mean, something like came over me, and it wasn't a voice; it was just like a feeling. Like, and then I, I, I had this: the book has to be written, and I was like, wait a minute, we're in the middle of a pandemic; everything's shut down. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And then it just continued going. And I've learned along my life that whenever something like that happens to me, if I hear something or get a vision or this feeling, I have to be obedient and I have to follow that. Because if not, typically painful moments come after that because I didn't follow what I was supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. so I did that, started writing the book. And when I was finalizing the title, I was actually going to call it American Inventor because I'm also an inventor. And I heard this most powerful, sweetest voice you can you will ever hear. And I knew exactly whose voice that was that stated, answer the call. And then I heard it a second time. And I was on the phone with my publishing company and I said it out loud, answer the call. They're like, what is that? That's the name of the book. Where did you get that? It was just whispered to me. So said, okay, George, we're, we're scrapping American Inventor and we're going with answer the call. That's the title. Because I guess they knew that A lot of people, they they want to write a book and they think they're going to call it a certain way, but it changes when they're done with it because something happens. And that was what they explained to me. So I'm sure I'm not the only one, according to the people that helped me publish my book, that that's really the transition that happens, that people are told, this is what your book is supposed to be called. Mm -hmm. So that was a very humbling and beautiful experience to have that voice tell me that, I mean, American Inventor is a great title. Mm -hmm. but answer the call has a deeper meaning to it. So I'm really happy that I listened to that.
0: Yeah. And we'll probably resonate with more people on whatever, however they're interpreting that themselves Mm -hmm. to whatever message they need to hear at that time. Exactly. Um, And and I think you know I think that there's a bit of a self awareness right to to a even hear that voice acknowledge it recognize it because especially during the pandemic and I feel like even since the pandemic since the pandemic there's been so much heaviness everybody's feeling all of this heavy and life just feels heavy and there's this apathy and emotion dysregulation Mm -hmm. and just struggle really you know so I, I guess it's easy to get caught up in all of that. And I've been talking a lot about like hustle culture and, you know, we get caught up in that. So how do we overcome some of those struggles that we have in life and, and have that opportunity to even hear or listen for these calls?
1: One of the beginning things is that you have to find peace. Hmm. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because they hear so much noise around them, like you said, with the pandemic and everything else that happened. And then just the life itself of the problems of society that a lot of us are going through. And we don't give ourselves time to be silent and to really listen and ask, is is this really what my life is supposed to be like? Just this? Going to work, coming back upset because I don't like my job. And so for some people, they don't even like the partners that they're with, but they're there because they're comfortable. And they feel that that comfort is better than the unknown, which is completely the opposite. I mean, I would rather be loved 100% by someone than be comfortable somewhere where I'm not getting the love that I I know that I deserve. So it's about finding that peace. And for different people, it's going to be different things. But for me, after I wrote the book, uh, I had like this uh, spiritual attack I felt like my soul and my spirit would be yanked out of my body. And the only thing that I could think at that moment was get on my knees, pray and cry. Within five minutes, everything went away. But I, I I, told who what I believe in. I believe in God. I told him that I'd give him full control over my life, my soul, my essence, my heart. I belong to him. And he gave me this peace, which I still have till today. Uh, but in previous struggles... I also gave my life to him as well, too. I said, look, clearly, I don't know what I'm doing. I I lost control of my life. I'm depressed. I have suicidal thoughts. If you don't step in, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, because this is what I'm going through right now. But allowing myself to be at peace and to remove my ego, because I'm a very prideful man. I, I think a lot of us are. The pride gets in the way. And that's when we go through the most painful moments, because it's the pride and God or creator, whoever you believe in, is trying to chisel away the pride. Mm. Sometimes we're too stubborn. And, and I'll be one to admit that, that I was very stubborn by it. Right.
0: And it sounds like, and, and we hear these stories. You know, I, I'm reminded in just hearing your story. Eckhart Tolle talks about he hit rock bottom, right? And it was when he hit rock bottom that he found peace, and mm-hmm. then was able to build himself up. And we hear these rock bottom stories all the time before we're able to shift and follow something more meaningful, a more purposeful life. Do we have to hit rock bottom? Is there something we can do before <laughs> before uh, uh, uh. we get there?
1: Unfortunately, it, it does seem to be uh, a co- it could be a coincidence, or it can be just the way the life is. But it appears to be that we're supposed to suffer first before we get to the next level. We're supposed to hit the rock bottom and have nothing, have everything stripped away from us, so we can appreciate the blessings that are coming next. Whether it's the money, whether it's the partner, whether it's the career, or the life in general itself, is that. Oh my God, I just came from nothing. Now I have this. But I know what it feels like not to have anything. So I have to make sure that I I respect this new position of my life. It's the these new resources, this new relationship, because I don't want to go back to that. Mm-hmm. And it's better to, to have that scenario first than have everything. And then you lose everything. It's like, oh my God. And then we're going to hear the the saying that says, we don't know what we have until we lose it. Right. I, I would rather have the nothing and then have something, then have something, then have nothing. Right. Because I think we would probably hurt ourselves if it was the opposite, I think. I truly mm-hmm. believe that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I suspect there's so many pieces there. Like The gratitude will come in because you're so grateful of what you did have, right? You, I think we take things for granted quite mm-hmm. a bit, and so we're not paying attention to that. And I suspect, too, when we hit rock bottom, there's nothing else to lose. Whereas oftentimes we're going in fear. I can't take that break because I need to work and make money. I can't take care of my body because I, I need to get this work done. And, you know, I think we get caught in a a scarcity mindset, perhaps some fear base that keeps us Mm -hmm. driving, whereas when everything's gone there's nothing else left to lose we have to just lean in we have to and that's what i often talk about on this podcast is face that discomfort lean into that discomfort embrace that discomfort that's where we'll actually find peace it's when we're trying to run away and ignore it and push it all away that you know we get caught up in here and not yeah. you know in our heart and in anything meaningful
1: a year ago, when I went through this, like like I said, the spiritual attack. When I was on my knees crying, and, and it, I felt like it, it was over. That that instance was over. I I stood there, and I was like, "Is that all they have? They really can't. They really don't have the power to take me out. Life does not have the power to take you out unless you do that. Because nothing, nothing can, can nothing can hurt you unless you hurt yourself." Because if hitting rock bottom, there's nowhere else to go but up at that point. Mm-hmm. I just lost the money. I just lost the relationship. I just lost everything, my job. What is there to lose now? There's nothing now to lose. Now, I'm starting new again, but that's fine because I'm not starting new. I'm starting with experience. I'm starting for knowledge. All my experiences, I'm 50 years old now. So my all my 50 years experience, it's different now when I start versus before at 25. At 25, I'm lacking all the experience that I've gathered because I've matured so much and I've I've grown so much from 25 to 50. So at 50, at this point going forward, I'm like, wow, I got all this knowledge, all this wisdom that I can reinvent myself with a solid foundation because they can't take away what I've already learned and gathered along the way. And that's the part that allows us to be able to move forward when we realize there's no more room to go down. I'm there already. Right. It no longer hurts because pain does, doesn't last forever either. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the bottom. There's nowhere, nowhere to go. The pain went away. So it's just me by myself here having to make the decision to get up and make that step forward. And life will progress because we're progressing forward.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's important. I think, too, when we get there, it's like it's just what's next and what's next and what's next. And I often talk about that because yeah, in the moment the pain feels like it's never going to go away. I'm here forever, but it does pass. And so it's being able to see through all of that to just say, okay, this is what it is. What's next. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's always the focus is, what's next, what's next, what's next, thinking that one step at a time. So maybe if people aren't at rock bottom now, what's that one thing? And and I always say one thing, because I'm, do you know Viktor Frankl? Yes. Okay, so he, um, for those who don't know, is now a psychotherapist, but he survived Aus- Auschwitz. And he I didn't realize this, but he found, you know, like the meaning of life. He's very existential and it was finding purpose and talked about how no matter what was happening around him, his family was killed. Everyone around him was being killed or tortured. No, no matter what the Nazis were doing, they couldn't control his mind. He still Mm -hmm. had his mind. But I just read recently, the, the one thing that helped him get into that was, One of the other prisoners, when he was first coming into the camp, had told him something like, I can't remember the exact thing, but it was something like, wash your face every day, something like that, or shave every day, or just Mm -hmm. one thing. And that one thing was actually what helped him survive and then become the great man that he became. And so that just makes me think, what is that one thing? It's a habit. It's creating mm-hmm. a habit in our life that's going to be consistent. That No matter what happens in the world around us, I can still have control of this one thing in my life. Um, I don't know if that's anything that you found in your journey back up, but that's often something that I-
1: No, it, 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 defi- it, it definitely is because um, with if you read my book, my, my, my very first chapter of my book, it's about foundation which is how my grandfather migrated to the United States from Mexico during World War II under this work agreement. When I first learned about that story, it it, it made me emotional because he left this country and he left my grandmother in Mexico with, with this small, barely-born baby and the, her other child, that she uh, they had two children. One was barely born. And when my daughter was 22 and I saw my daughter, I'm like, my grandfather did that at her age. And it just it broke my heart. So I everything that I'm doing, I'm building it because I want to honor my grandfather, my grandmother for her sacrifice also. And then also the sacrifices that my parents did for me. So that's what I hold on to. And I think about this every day, multiple times a day. This is my reason why, but I take it further. This is my foundation. And that's the part that will not allow me to quit because it's I'm not doing it for self. I'm doing it for them. And I think when we do it for self, we tend to give up because oh, I'm just disappointed myself again. But when right. we're doing it for somebody else, we don't want to let them down. We're, we're honoring them. And that's the part that won't let us quit ever.
0: Right. Finding that meaning. Actually, that is so just this very morning. Um, at the the time that we're recording this, I did a meditation with Headspace and it was all about, we can do our practice of meditation, but it can feel cold. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we are doing it with compassion, i.e. to serve others or for something meaningful for others, that's where it becomes warm. And Mm so, I mean, that's- powerful because that's exactly what my whole meditation was about this morning so one of the questions I was going to ask is just where we can find motivation right when when things are feeling hard and we don't quit it sounds like perhaps that's part of it is there more
1: yeah a a great place like for myself the great place is like I said the foundation Mm -hmm. and the promises that I made to people that I love and care about and that I believe that I'm meant to take care of them. So I've made promises. And I also, uh, like I said earlier, I believe I'm special. I believe that I'm here to do God's work, to motivate, to inspire people, to help people, to lead people, and to lead them and pull them out of their darkness that they're struggling with. That's what I believe. And because of those things are so strong within me, they won't allow me to quit. So that motivates me. So w- when I w- when when I go to college and universities, and then I have like a 20-year-old, 20 a 22, 23, 25-year-old come to me on after stage time. And the say Mr. Gonzalez, I wasn't going to be here today. But something told me last night that I should be here today. And I'm really glad I did. Because not only did I enjoy your stories and I enjoyed your energy and what you said and, and your outlook on life. But just to let you know that I was going to end my life last night. But something told me to come here today. And when I hear stuff like that, it just reiterates the fact that I'm supposed to reach as many people as I possibly can that God would allow me to reach, to pull them out of this darkness that people are struggling with because I was there too. I had suicidal thoughts. And I also, I went onto YouTube and I started listening to uh, these uh, very high energetic motivational speakers because that's the kind of energy that I need to pull me out. I can't listen to... Uh, Jim Rohn is an amazing individual. He was an amazing uh, speaker, motivational guy, but his, his energy is too low. Mm-hmm. So I listened to Tony Robbins, Andy Frisella, and people at that high caliber. And they're the ones that tell me, you're not going to quit. You're not going to quit. You're not going to quit. So guess what? Yeah, George is not going to quit. George is not going <laughs> to quit. George is not going to quit. So I had to do that for myself. Mm-hmm. So now that I've gathered all this journey, all this experience, and I have the stories to tell and share especially also with the mission that the with the um with the message of answer the call, I know that I'm here for something much greater than than me. And now I know what my life purpose is, which is sharing the message of answer the call. And that's what keeps me going and motivates me every day,
0: which is amazing. So, How? What would you say? I mean, a lot of the people that will be listening to this, I've got parents, I have mental health care workers, um, you know, so people who are helping either themselves or kiddos, others, whatever it is. But what would be a message that you would say for people to focus on, you know, when life does get hard, when we are in that struggle, just to keep going?
1: For somebody else or for that particular individual? Either or. So for for that particular individual, you have to believe that you are here for something much greater. You have to believe that you're special and you deserve more. Now, you have to also understand that your actions will reflect what opportunities show up because that person that gives will receive. The person will take or lose. And that's Mm -hmm. just the law of of, of life, of creation. You know, call it karma, call it what you will, but that's just the way it is. Now, as far as somebody else, if I had somebody that I cared about and they were going through some stuff, I would nurture them and look them straight in the eye, touch them, have them feel my heart, my energy, and say, look, I love you with all my heart. You deserve so much more. And I know you believe that too, but you're struggling with the negative and the positive. But believe that you can create more and you will. But you have to believe it yourself. I believe it because I see it. But sometimes it's hard to see from the inside looking out. Sometimes it's easier to see from the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. So I, I know what you're capable of doing. You just haven't seen that yet. I mean, I can't tell you what to do. Just follow your heart. Listen, go to silent places, meditate, breathe and exercise, go to nature, ground yourself if you need to. And just listen. What is life trying to tell you? Or whatever you believe in, your creator of God, what is, what are they trying to tell you? Are they trying to lead you with your next steps? Or are you discarding them thinking, oh, I'm just making that up? No, you're not making it up. Because we get, we get downloads of information. We get downloads of wisdom. We get previews of the life that we will have if we make certain decisions and take certain actions to have that life. Mm-hmm. And the moment people understand that, is the moment that your life changes completely.
0: So could you give us an example? You know, you say they can have that life if they take certain actions and certain steps. Could you give a specific example by any chance? Yeah,
1: of course. So in 2008 and 2009, when the market, the real estate market crashed, I was unemployed for three years. I've always had this knowing of of who I was and what I was supposed to do. I've always had that. And I've always gotten like, like these visions and these things that that were coming through. And a lot of the times I listened to them. When I was unemployed and broke and had no money because all my money was completely depleted, I silenced that. And it took me about over three, almost four years to be able to access that. It's almost like I was being punished for silencing that part, that that was a gift. So I cut the cord. So now I had to earn I had earned being able to have access to that again, so I've learned that lesson. so I've had like I've seen my I, I saw myself speaking on stage before I would I even wrote my book.
0: Hmm.
1: I, I saw myself doing certain things before I actually even did them. So there's a lot of things that have come to me that I've seen way ahead of its time, and then years pass I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing it. Right now, in the building that I am today, in the city that I live in, Oxnard, California, uh, 30 minutes from L.A., when I was 18, 19 years old, I used to drive with my friends. We used to look at the tall building and say, look, one day I'm going to go in there. When I was 25, I came into this building because it was a, a private club that I was invited to at 25. My office is now in that building. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, again, we will see things. We will believe things, but we have to take action to have them. They were given to us for a reason. Now, if you discard them, oh, I'm just crazy. Okay. Your wish is your command. You are crazy. You're never going to get it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that, there was a saying like, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. 24. Right.
1: Henry yeah. Ford said that. The Hill said that and Think yeah. Go Rich. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many different things and, and I guess, yeah, it's just a matter of taking a step through the haze, I guess, because we are so easily sucked into whatever the negative thinking I, you know, I call them henchmen, right? Mm-hmm. We get, we've got seven sub-selves that we know of and it, it it's like those little character caricatures from uh, inside out. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, yeah. but that's essentially what it is. And it's so easy to to listen to them and, and not take that step forward. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of, you've given a lot of input, right? And just being able to listen and there is some mindfulness and going out to nature, whatever those things are that you can do. And then same thing for, I think there's a little bit of modeling, like, you know, if the parents were listening, for example, for their kids to be able to do that for themselves and encouraging their kids to do that as well. Um, anything else that we've not talked about that you think is important?
1: One, one last thing on that subject. Yeah. There, there's two sides. There's a good side and there's a bad side, positive and negative. If you get negative thoughts, those are not your thoughts if you get positive thoughts, those are supposed to be your thoughts. So be careful what you listen to, what energy, what direction you listen to because that's the type of life you're going to get. If it's progression, if it's about helping, giving, taking care of and and, and whatnot, positive things, I listen to that. If it's anything that's negative that's going to hurt somebody or just uh, for, for, for my benefit only, I don't do it because that's selfish. That's negative energy. I don't listen to that. And it took me a long time to understand that. Because I used to think, me, 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 me. But that's when you go through some really difficult, painful times. Because you're being selfish. That's negative energy. But if you think on the good, empathy, compassion, love, and whatnot, that's all positive. Mm-hmm. So you're going to attract positive things in your life. A great job, a, a loving partner, a good career, a good feelings, how, uh, being healthy. So be careful what you listen to and be careful what state of mind you're in. Right. And if you're in a negative state of mind, guess what? Go to nature. Look at the green trees. Look at the water. Listen to the birds chirping. If that doesn't make a smile on your face, I don't know what will.
0: Right. And and helping others too. We've got, I don't want to get too technical, but we've got shortcuts in the brain. And one of them is all around reciprocity, right? If someone does something nice for you, we almost feel obliged, but in a positive way, to return the favor. And we actually have that pre-built into mm-hmm. our brain. And and when tragedy hits, if there's a tsunami or a hurricane or just destruction oxytocin is released in our bodies oxytocin brings us it's connecting it's love right it it, it's pre-built in in our very being to to do all of these things um so yeah I think that that's really important to think about and I I mean I work a lot with families and with children and I always talk about the three promotion three three pro-social emotions that we really need to promote and the number one is compassion oh yeah And I love the Christmas truce. I always share that story where World War I, Germans Mm -hmm. were fighting the the British and it was Christmas Eve. Germans realized that it's Christmas Eve. They put down their guns. They started singing Silent Night in German. The British heard it, understood what song it was, even though it was in German. And they Mm -hmm. realized there was compassion. We are similar. We are all Christian men. And they also put down their guns and for the night played soccer Mm -hmm. or they would call it football. But, um, you know, so, yeah, that compassion, I think bringing that back is how do we practice that in our life? And if you're going to create that one foundation, maybe, or one habit that you're going to start every day is maybe that would be something to focus on. Well, wonderful. I mean, I think there's so I could get into the brain. I could get into yeah. the connections. I could get into so many different things. But um, this is wonderful. I will have all of your contact information um, and uh, information about yourself in the show notes. Um, anything else you want to share or how people, the best place for people to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, I'm most, I'm most active on Instagram. Okay. At George V. Gonzalez. And also, if you go to my link in my bio, you'll be able to download a free copy of my book, and that's oh, wow. a, a free gift for, for all the listeners. There's wow. three different. There's three different versions, but I always promote the free version because I want to. I want to share the message. That's what's important for me.
0: Amazing! I will be sure to check that out myself. I look forward to it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was wonderful meeting you and having you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was really, really good to be here.